0: I want to talk to you this morning about the power of your confession, the power of your confession, the power of your confession. Let's read Genesis 1 again, the very first, this is the 1, 2, 3, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, the first words of the Bible. This is what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word become alive in our hearts. Let it activate us. Let it cause us to see. Let it cause us to come alive. Let it cause us to dream and to become who you want us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said. Now, everything you need to know about entering into the realm of faith and doing the impossible really is, is three simple little things is all you really need to know. They're in these first three verses. In the beginning God prepared P. Everybody say P. P. I. I. He, the, then the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters. That word means incubating. So say incubate. incubate. And then confess. And God said. So in the beginning, God gives you the three little simple things to enter into the world of faith, to enter into the world where everything is possible. Anything is possible. You, just, you don't need to know a lot. You just need to know three things very well. Prepare, incubate, confess. Everything that Jesus paid for comes to you this way. Nothing is coming to you from God unless he comes through your personal faith. God's not going to feel so sorry for you that he does something for you. You have to come into faith. And when when you come into faith, God is going to meet you there. And you're going to begin to unlock all that heaven has for your life because you learned how to come into faith. Are you with me? So what is preparation? Preparation, let's just make it simple so you get the concept. In the beginning, God prepared the heavens and the earth. Or actually it says God created the heavens and the earth. But the Hebrew there indicates a preparation. In other words, in the beginning, God created before he created. Just like if you're building a house, you got to sit down and decide how big the living room is and how big the kitchen's going to be. And you got to know what you want before you get it, right? So you have to create before you go to work and start creating, right? We've got construction guys here. If someone says, hey, just build me a house, you're like, I can't. Tell me what you want. Well, I don't know. You're like... (laughs) maybe you ought to do some preparation before you call a construction guy, right? Before you call the Holy Spirit, do something in your life, maybe you ought to do some preparation. And so that's basically, it's a very simple, simple thing. It's simple, but it's not easy because you would rather, most of us would rather just play it by ear. But if you want to come into the realm of faith, you want to work with God, you got to work like God. This is how God works. He sits down and he prepares. Man, the earth is such a amazing place right I mean look at a bird he's got hollow bones and his feathers can turn he eats worms oh my gosh he's a flying machine and he eats worms and he just lives to sing it is an amazing every little thing God prepared it all all the colors all the sounds all the beauty all the art all the science God prepared it all he believes in sitting down and deciding what you want before you get started so the preparation is something simple, a clear-cut, God-inspired goal. Now listen, you got to start somewhere. If you want to work with God, you got to start somewhere. Don't just be religious. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you have them, I'm going to give them to you. In other words, I want you to get in this game with me. What, start off by preparing what do you want. Now a clear-cut goal, not... Not, you can't say something like, well, I just want the Lord to bless me. Well, there are 8,000 blessings in the Bible, 8,000 promises. Which one do you want? So you can't just say, if you want a general blessing, that's all you'll get. You won't even know you got it. But Jesus said, when you pray, ask. Remember I said a couple weeks ago, there's a guy by the road. His name is B- Blind Bartimaeus. He's broke and he's blind. Jesus walks up to him and says, what do you want me to do? it's pretty obvious isn't it i'm blind and i'm broke but jesus said what do you want me to do he said i want to be healed okay he said okay i want to be i want to see he said jesus said i want you to get in this i want you to tell me what you want then i'm going to do it i want you to get involved because i want you to know i answered that prayer that you understand that you can be a person who lives in the realm of faith but it starts with something simple what do you want and you say, well, that's simple, but it's not easy. If I ask, if I got the microphone, which I won't do, don't panic. If I went down this, the, the, the aisle here and I said, what's the goal that you have? What is the simple God-inspired goal that you have for your life? Oh, 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 oh. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But most people don't sit down and prepare. And so they're ineffective, not because they're not good people. It's because they're not yet inspired to get in the game. What is it that you want? What is it that you want? So a clear, a clear-cut, God-inspired goal. Now let me, let me help you because you can apply this to a lot of things. They can say, you know, I want all of my children saved this year. Maybe you have three kids and two of them are not doing good. You can say, this year, in 2020, I want all my kids filled with the Holy Spirit serving God. I mean, that's a, how many believe that's a God-inspired goal? I don't care if they're on drugs and messed up. Now you've got something. Now now you want to go pray because now you want to read the Bible because you're now in this thing. You're not just being religious. You're going after something. And God said, okay, here's the language that I speak. Uh, a clear-cut God-inspired goal. Let me give you an example. Um, for our church right now, I was here about a year just kind of getting to everybody. And uh, we just set some goals because I want to work with God. This is how God works. And I said, all right, we want 25 life groups, 25 healthy, on-fire, life-giving life groups. And uh, how many, that by September, which is next month, how many believe we're going to get that? Wave at me. We are. You know, I already have it right here. I can actually show you the leaders. I know where they are. I know who the, what their names are. And they're all preparing to launch. And they're going to be super successful on fire for God. They're going to be like little churches everywhere. You know what? If, you, if I didn't dream it, we wouldn't have it. It's not me, but somebody's got to dream it. Somebody's got to say, this is our goal. Otherwise, you just have a good group of people just sitting around waiting to do something. I said, let's start off with 25. Our goal by January is to have 50. Our goal as a church is to have this room filled by September. Well, it's almost full right now, but it wasn't when we started, when we started praying. But we set a goal and we said, "Lord, we want 300 people on Sunday mornings right here." We said, well, "We we need a thousand, we've got to start with 300." This is God's thing. God's the one who knows where everybody's living, what everybody's going through, and how to inspire everybody. I just got to hook up with God. We got to get the Holy Spirit involved. So we set a goal. And we said, God, we're believing you by the month of September that this building is packed. Almost packed today. It's going to be packed next week. When we get September, it's going to, every seat's going to be filled in this place. Now listen, it's supernatural. It is super. God puts super on your natural because you come into faith. And we, say, we believe God for 100 young people in our youth group. Say 100 young people. 100 in 2019, we believe God for 100 young people in our youth group. Why? Because that's the motor of any ministry. If you don't have young people, you don't have a future. You, you, you can have some people worshiping and clapping, but you don't have no energy. We want We want a motor. We want to be a church with a motor, so we want a church with a bunch of young people on fire for God, changing the world, not sitting on the back chewing gum and flirting with each other. Come on, somebody. We want them on fire for God, changing their high school, changing their universities. We want world changers, not the world changing them, them changing the world. And you know what? You can have it if you can believe it. And we say we believe God. You know what? We're going to have it. We started praying for that. Then we had a supernatural youth camp. And bam, boom, boom, God started moving. Pretty soon God starts. Look, we set our heart to pray God starts moving. So these are clear. These are, this is a small illustration. But when you set your heart to get clear with God and get specific with God, God will get specific with you. So that's what preparation is. Incubation is number two. Incubation. Incubation is simply Time in the presence of God over your goal. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Every situation is just a potential miracle. God just gives you potential. God doesn't give you a free ride. He just gives you potential. It's without form and void. Your marriage, your business, your home, whatever, your nation. Without, and you begin to hover over it with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? You have some goals, but now you got to look at the problem. And some people, because they, they panic when they see, you know, the kids are on drugs or there's issues in the marriage, and they think, nothing, they just back out of that goal because, listen, you got to get the Holy Spirit involved. And That's what incubation is. It's, it's like a, a chicken on an egg. You begin to pray. It's not just setting goals. It's now we gotta, we got to yoke up with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, you're not asking enough. You need to ask for more than that. Seriously? Or he'll say, you need to ask for something different. So when you're in this process, you're abiding in him. His word is abiding in you. And you start asking what you want in respect to this relationship you have with him. Are you still with me? Yeah. So we, incubation is this time with God. You cannot take this out of walking in the realm of faith. It is time with God. Why are we going to pray tonight? It's going to be awesome. You should come. Even if you just wanted to see, you're going to be, it's awesome. Why? Because there's something that happens when when there's an incubation with the Holy Spirit happening. God is just changing and doing and connecting things. It's powerful. And then C is confession. And God said, let there be light. Once there is this incubation, and in the process of incubation, something happens, uh, Can we have Hebrews 11 up there? Hebrews 11, 1. What does it say? Faith, now faith, is the substance. Everybody say the word substance. substance. Of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now this word hope, what does hope mean? Well, in the Greek, that word hope means, it means positive expectation. So being optimistic and positive is hope. So it's good to be hopeful, you should always be hopeful. Keep hope alive, right? It's always good to think positive things are coming. That's not faith, but it's what you build faith out of. You want, you're hoping for a good life. You're hoping for a good marriage. You're hoping for, to be free of drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. You got, God puts hope in you, but it's the beginning of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things. In other words, the positive expectations that you want, faith is the substance. Now, that word substance in the, in the Greek is title deed. It means uh, assurance. But to have a title. Now, I have some titles of cars and things in my house. That title, I mean, the bank don't hold the title. I hold the title. That's mine. Right? How many of you believe in that, God, you're going to have the title to your own house one day? Bank's got it right now, but you're going to get it one day. After 30 years of payments, you're going to get (laughs) it. A title means that you own something. Faith is owning. Now, faith is the assurance. Now, faith is the owning. When you own, you can own it before you own it. Just like God created it before he created it, you can own it before you own it. Faith has said, I'm going to own it, then I'm going to get it. Some people say, well, I'm going to get it, then I'm going to own it. No, no. You're gonna own it, then you're gonna get it. That's what that's why Jesus said, if you could believe anything's impossible, anything's possible, nothing's impossible, but you gotta jump up. You can't be lazy, you gotta get in here and say, Here's my goal. I'm gonna pray until I get an assurance or a what? A title deed. Everybody say substance. Everybody say assurance. So what are we doing tonight at seven o'clock? Oh, we're going to pray. We're going to hover, man. We're going to hover. we're going to hover with the Holy Spirit because that's where our hopes turn into faith. At some point, God releases something called an assurance. That's what faith is. It, it, you're no longer hoping. You know, there are a lot of things we're hoping, and it's good to hope. But there's something, at some point, God says, boom, yours. And at that point, you know it. How many Christians have we got in the room? Somebody say, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Say, I'm going to heaven. Well, how, how can you prove it? Just your faith. But I bet you, for most of you, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, deny Jesus or I'm going to kill you, most of you would say, pull the trigger, bro. Why? Because you can't take this from me. Look, for me to live is Christ, to die is game. Pull the trigger. I'm not going to deny Jesus for you or the Chinese or anybody else. I made my mind up. I'm I'm saved. I have a title deed. Are you with me? In other words, I'm not in heaven yet, but I've got a title deed on heavenly property. Right? I'm still here. I still could goof it up. I could still mess it up. But you know what? Right now, I'm saved. Are you with me? Because it's, you can't take that away from me because I own that. Yeah. Right? Somebody said, I got a mansion in heaven. I got heavenly real estate, and you can't take it from me. Why? I've got a title deed on it. I have received that thing. Now, then the, the last thing is confession. And I want to talk to you a few minutes about that because, uh, you know, I know this is super simple. I'm not trying to be profound, but they say a, a mentor of mine said, the teacher has not taught till the student has learned everybody in this room in order to have god's best you have to become awesome in faith you got to be an expert at going into the spiritual realm and bringing to your family what god promised you you can't be a dingbat for jesus i'm just trying don't just try the people are destroyed because of lack and don't be destroyed because you're ignorant It's right there in the Bible. Learn it. Get it. You can can excel at this. You can be great. Don't be good at sports and terrible at faith. Don't have a beautiful house and a horrible life. Right? Be good at the things that count. Be good at going into the realm of the spirit and bringing to your house what God promised you. All right. Now, the last thing is confession. Confession. The third thing, which is very simple. Confession. Is basically when God said, let there be light, boom. Now, there's something important when you confess. It it takes breath to confess, doesn't it? It takes breath and a word. So it has to do with, uh, confession has to do with breathing something. And God said, God breathed something out. So when God gives you something, when God puts something inside your heart, he tells, when you got possession of something, it's not enough. It, it still hasn't been activated until you confess it. Let me help you. Let me help you. Did you guys just get married over here, the lovely couple? Wave at me a little bit. Come on. I did their wedding the other day. It was a beautiful wedding. And you a great. What about those vows that you just made up on the spot? That, that was from the heart. That was good, man. Both of you did great. Everybody was crying. But, you know, I I basically said the same old question. I said, do you? And they were like, that was like the awkward moment because everybody's like, is he does he or doesn't he? And everybody's waiting for those two words. What are they? I I do. Oh, so your mouth, something happened when you said I do because everybody's waiting of all the love and all the plans and all the flowers and all the band. They're all waiting for those two words. They're waiting for something to come out of your mouth. I do. So when we speak, something happens. When we speak, something happens. When we speak, we release the power of God. We release God's power to create. Number one, let me give you these three simple truths about confession before we go today. Number one, our confession releases the power of God. Our confession When God said, let there be light, boom, there was light. Then God said, let there be a firmament, boom, there was. After God incubated all the way through Genesis 1 and 2, God's just bam, saying it, boom, bam. Everything he says is happening. Jesus operated that way. He prayed all night and he would just say, be healed, be healed, be set free. He began to speak things because he won them in the realm of the spirit, incubating those things that the Holy Spirit spoke to him about. And the next day he came speaking them. He didn't pray for the sick. He healed the sick. He just said, be healed. When someone was full of the devil, he would say, get out and be free. He didn't pray, oh, Lord, make the devil just leave him. No. He would speak and it would happen, right? This is how you operate in faith. You come into faith. Now look at this, Romans, the 10th chapter, the 8th verse. Through the 10th verse. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, this is where faith is, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, let's unpack that for about two minutes. He, three times here, he tells us, he, he uses a combination Something you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth, right? He says, the word of faith that we preach, right? And he says, Let, let's just go, let's just look at it. The word is now, now you. Where is it at? It's in your what? Your mouth and in your heart. So first he says, mouth, and then it's in your heart. So he puts mouth first, your word first, then he says it's in your heart. Then if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, now he says again, your mouth first and believe in your heart second. And then he says, the last part of it says, for with the heart you believe. Then he says, believe first. Then he says, "The mouth second. Are you with me so far? So he's saying that there is, uh, it's not just enough to believe in your heart. You have to confess something with your mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. Now, Now, let me grab the last part of that where it says, confession is made unto salvation. Unto indicates a process. In other words, confession is made unto salvation means that there's something that you're in a process of unto salvation. There's there's something that is a process happening. Are you with me? And then unto, everybody say salvation. Now the word salvation in the Greek language just doesn't mean you became a church member or you're going to heaven. The word in the Greek is a weird sounding word called sozo, and it means every good thing that was bought for you on the cross so this word salvation is not just the word you're going to heaven now it has to do with saved healed delivered blessed overwhelmed you know whatever good thing that you have been promised on the cross confession is made unto that Confession is made, every good thing that Jesus has for you is made. Now listen what he says. He says, two times he says, with your mouth and then your heart, and one time he says, You believe in your heart and you confess it your mouth. And it's important to understand that if you don't believe it, you're not gonna say it. But if you believe it, you're going to say it. In other words, some, it's, it's so much, confession is so much a part of faith that you got to start saying it in order to really believe it. But in order to say it, you have to already really believe it because it's kind of both at the same time. In other words, that confession becomes God gave you something, right? Now, you were praying about it. You had a goal. You said, I want to be whatever, married before I'm a 50. <laughs> whatever your goal was, I'm looking at uh, Jamal right now. Just believe in God and be married before I'm 50. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're shooting low, man. But, uh, I mean, shooting high, the girl's beautiful, but I think you can do that before 50. But but uh, you have this goal that God spoke to you about, and, and he, he put it in your heart. And now it's important that you begin to say, when you own something, you begin to say it. The Bible says, for example, right this morning, if you came to church and you're not right with God, and in your heart while I'm speaking, something says, you know what, you can get right with God. God can change you. Man, that's faith. But it's not complete until you say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. But when you said that, the power of God was released. And everything that you're believing for, at some point, confession becomes the release of the power of God into that thing. To say, when you own it, then you say it. Are y'all with me? When you own it, now, and the more you say it, the more you believe it. In other words, we don't say things we don't believe, and what we don't believe, we don't say. In other words, I love what Jesus said. He said, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, when you begin to get full, whatever you're full of, that's what you're going to speak about. And when you begin to get full of God's word and God's promise starts coming up out of you, you begin to say it. And as you say it, you get more faith. And as you believe it more, you begin to say it more. And as you say it more, you begin to believe it more. And as you believe it more, you begin to say it more. And the confession becomes, look, I didn't just say one time Jesus, I've been saying Jesus Lord of my life for the last 40 years. I'm still not tired of saying it because it becomes my confession. It becomes something that I now have entered into. Listen, if you don't confess something, I mean, 42 years ago I got married. And I every day tell her how much I love her, don't I? At least 10 times. I tell her every day she's so beautiful because she is. But I think it's partly because I keep saying it. I'm just taking some credit. But this is, this is, I didn't just say it 42 years ago. I'm continuing to say it because it's something that's in my heart. I'm confessing it with my mouth. I'm not looking to run off with somebody else because I'm in love. Right? And I'm, I'm confessing, I'm releasing the power of God when I speak. Are you with me? It's important at, a, at some moment. Uh, number two, write this down. Confession is released from faith. What you believe. It has to come out of your mouth. And number three, I'm going to finish with this. Confession keeps our faith active and alive. Confession keeps our faith active and alive. You know, there are times when you can just be praying and God gives you something like, you know, maybe you're praying for a a kid, a a teenager, you know, maybe one of your kids is not doing well and, and you're in prayer. And in that prayer, God tells you something like, you know what? I'm going to change that guy's life. I'm going to change your daughter's life. I'm going to change it. And at that moment of prayer, you're like, man, you know, you got that. You felt it. You know, you, it's like almost like God said, stop praying about it. I got you on this one. I, I'm granting you that. I'm giving you that. And at that point, you're like, yes. But listen, at that, if you don't open up your mouth and, and begin, go to somebody and say, you know what? God spoke to me. My son's life has changed. If you don't make that a confession, what will happen is you'll stay quiet too long. And pretty soon you'll be like, you'll see him and maybe he's drunk one night. And you'll think, maybe I didn't hear from God. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? And, and then, then, you, then you'll look at him the next morning and you'll start getting critical like, man, I don't know. Maybe I miss God. A confession will keep your faith alive and keep your faith Faith active until you see it come to pass. Why is it important? Listen, God has given you certain things, but you've got to make them a confession. The Bible says that Jesus is the high priest over our confession. I'm going to finish with this scripture, Mark 5, 25. It says this, and there was a woman, this is the amplified version, who had a flow of blood. This is a medical issue for 12 years. Who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all she had and was not better. Instead, she grew worse. She had heard reports of, of concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying. For she kept, say that with me. She kept saying, what did she do? She kept saying, she kept saying, "If I could touch his garment, I shall be restored to hell." She just kept saying, "I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed. I mean, I know, 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 I know. I made my mind up. Listen you got to picture someone suffering, bleeding for 12 years, that the life has gone out of them, the strength has gone out of them, and they're pressing through a crowd, and they're getting knocked down. Everybody knows what life is. You try to do something good, life's about to knock you down. You try to go somewhere, you try to start making a change in your life, life's about to smack you in the mouth. You start trying to do something good in your marriage, it sees then you're going to have a setback. Listen, what is a confession for? A confession says, you know what? You might get a setback, but you're not going to get knocked out. You're going to keep moving forward. Remember what God told you? Hold fast to your confession. Keep that thing alive inside of you. She kept saying, look, someone stepped on her fingers and knocked her down. And she felt like she was going to quit, but she just kept saying, I know, I know. If I could just touch him, I know I'm going to be healed. I know I'm going to be healed. She just kept saying, look, I don't care what you're dealing with. You might be dealing with some kind of addiction, and and you you got some prayer, and you felt good, and then you fell back. Listen, you just need to keep that confession alive and say, you know what? God's not finished with me. It's not over. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to finish this confession until I see the thing that God gave me come to pass. Keep, just keep saying it. Just keep, didn't Jesus say knock and keep on knocking? Keep saying it. Look, look, I I told him two weeks ago the Holy Spirit said there's nothing in this world that's going to be able to stop what God's doing in the church in Hammond. When God spoke to me, I started telling everybody, nothing's going to stop what God's doing in that church. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. Not demons. Not hell. Not people. Not the government. Nothing can stop what God's doing. This is a Holy Spirit, uh, you know, a wave that's coming, and nothing can stop it. And every opportunity I got, I kept saying, you know what? the Holy Spirit spoke to me, nothing's going to stop what God is doing in this church. And you look. when you're praying for your kids or your husband and God says you know what you've been believing God for your husband to be a a godly man and while you were praying the Holy Spirit uh, you had that moment sometimes it takes a a minute, sometime it takes an hour, sometime it takes a year, but at some point in the presence of God, you got a title deed, and you said, wait a second, look, he's still he's still a mess, but you know what? And he's God's already gave me a promise. My husband, this is a man of God. My husband is gonna be a man of God. My husband, I just keep saying it, and even though he looks like he's not changing, nothing can stop the power of that confession that you've entered into. Are y'all listening to me today? Huh. I know a precious lady, the precious lady we paid, prayed for, she's in the hospital, That one that has healed of cancer. I, I heard her, the day I prayed for her, she said, i by his stripes I'm healed. She said that. And uh, she's listening to this tape right now. You just need to keep saying it. Yeah, but the doctor said, you just need to keep saying what God said. Remember when God spoke to you, let that be your confession. By his stripes I'm healed. Go to war with the confession that God gave you about your kids, about your job, about your life. Don't get moved off the thing that God gave you. Just keep confessing what Jesus spoke to your life. Are you with me? Come on. Look at somebody say, all my debts are being paid. Just keep saying it. Come on, somebody. Right? Come on, Jesus. Let's just, let's just write down. If you don't mind, just stand up with me. We're getting ready to go. <laughs> Listen, if you don't come into the realm of, and, and make solid your confession. If you don't come to the place where you're saying, I'm going to hold fast to my, look at somebody say, hold fast to your confession. See, if you don't hold fast, you'll start changing your mind. If you don't hold fast, if you don't say, you know what, I was at that youth camp, and God touched my life. God called me into the ministry, and I don't care what everybody says or anybody says. I've made up my mind God's going to move in my life. I don't care what the rest of the group decides to do. I've made up my mind. I remember when God spoke to me, and this is going to be my confession. This is my confession. What God began in me, he's going to finish it. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus right now. To the world they're only words, but in the kingdom this is the release of the power of God. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to be right, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. You need to start saying something over your kids again. Come on. Don't be disappointed. Don't let disappointment, don't let set. Look, you're bigger than the, what's inside of you is bigger than those disappointments. What's inside of you is bigger than those setbacks. What's inside of you is stronger than those things that are coming against you. They're bigger than your fears. They're bigger than those things that feel like they're overwhelming. Something inside of you is bigger and it comes out of your mouth. Come on Jesus. Come on Jesus. Come on right now with your hands lifted. Listen, some of you have surrendered you surrendered to, to in the process. Like you were like that woman. You started off believing something good's gonna happen, and you got knocked down a couple times, and and you started off saying, You started off saying, I know, I know, I know, I know, and at some point you just stopped saying it. You got knocked over one too many times, you got discouraged one too many times, and at some point you let your confession slip. This is what the Lord is saying, don't lose your confession. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. What God started in you, he's going to finish it. What God started in your marriage, he's going to finish it. What God started in your body, he's going to finish it. The healing that God started in you, he's going to finish it. The ministry that God started in your life, he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it because you're holding. Come on with your hands, lift it say, thank you, Jesus. You're the high priest over my confession." Come on, everybody in the room. Say, Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. I renounce the devil, his lies, his plans. I renounce all of my past. I renounce all of my mistakes. I renounce all of my guilt. I renounce all of the shame. And I declare that on the cross... The blood of Jesus removed all of my past. I confess I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything has become new. Come on, if you don't mind, just with everybody's head bowed and and your eyes closed. Today, if you came to church today and said, Pastor Bray, I really want to get right with God. And I, I really, in my heart, I feel God drawing me. I feel something stirring inside of me. I'm not making it up. Something's in me. Something's moving inside of me. And I feel like a change is happening inside of me. I want to just help you formalize that confession. Because that's faith that's rising up in you. And it's going to change everything in your life. It's going to change everything in your life. Don't be afraid of habits. Don't be afraid of giving up anything. (laughs) Don't be afraid of letting go of anything or something that you have to do. You don't have to become religious. All you have to do is invite Jesus in. So all across the room, if you came to church today, you are not right with God. But you're saying, Pastor Bray, I really, I want to confess Jesus as my Lord. I want a confession that I'm going to heaven. My past is behind me and that everything has become new. I'm going to help you do that all across the room. From your heart, you don't have to say it super loud, but just say it out of your mouth. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the dumb mistakes I've made. I'm sorry for all my selfishness. Lord, I'm sorry for leaving you out and putting myself first. Come on, pray it with me. Say, I believe. On the cross, you paid the price for all my careless sin. Your blood paid the price. I receive forgiveness. I believe that you not only died, but you rose from the dead. Come on, pray it with me. Say, Holy Spirit, come and resurrect me right now. I surrender all that I have to receive all that you have. Everybody in the room, say it with me. Say, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of my life. All of my life. Every part of my life, I confess Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of my life.